0: Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Our very own Bill Simmons just released his 500th Bill Simmons podcast episode, featuring Bill Hader talking about HBO's new season of Barry, SNL stories, and favorite movies. And for the very first time, Bill is joined by a long-awaited special guest. He also just recorded a new Rewatchables episode on Fast Five with Shea Serrano. And after you listen to the Rewatchables, head over to the Winging It podcast, where Vince and Kent interview the Fast Five star himself ludicrous where they discuss his career his new music and fast nine you can find these episodes and much more ringer content on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts
1: hey now we have done it my hungry homies, my taste buds, my culinary comrades, we are all here. It is time for another edition of House of Carbs, a food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your hungry host, Joe House. This is a beloved episode of House of Carbs with beloved House of Carbs friends. Our newly nominated food correspondent, Danny Chow, nominated by the James Beard Foundation for an award related to his terrific food uh, travel logs from last year. His trips to New Orleans and Chicago and Portland are all captured. We talked to Danny about the best thing he ate this week. And then it is time. For Juliet Littman and I to get together and go through the best stories in the month of March. It is an extended version of Food News. Let's get in that belly with the number one hungry homie, Danny Chow. Oh, my taste buds. It is an honor and a privilege. Now, this guy is one of our own. He's a he is our hungry homie. He is the Ringer food correspondent, but something has changed. In the 2 weeks since the last time we were convened on this beautiful show, this gentleman has been nominated by the James Beard Foundation for an award in food and dining for his travel logs, his dining logs, the beautiful stories he wrote all last year across the ringer.com platform. Danny Chow! Welcome back to House of
2: Cards! Uh, I, I wish you were sitting across from me. I was I was rolling my eyes and shaking my head the entire way through. Uh but thank you. Thank you so much. It's uh it's been it's been <laughs> surreal.
1: Well, so let's start with the beginning. Did you know that this was in the offing? I, I mean I knew it was a
2: possibility in that I submitted my work to the James Beard Foundation for, you know, consideration. Um, I knew that they were doing, you know, a live stream of the announcements, uh, which they did in Houston. And I knew that it was happening pretty early. I happened to, I happened to have woken up at around 7 o'clock in the morning when the proceedings started, uh, turned on the live stream, I think within like five minutes, they had already gone to my category. And I right when I heard my name, I just like closed my laptop and I was like,
1: oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the reaction that I had when I saw it on Twitter. It sent a jolt kind of up my spine like, I know that guy. He I talked to him three times a month about the best thing that he ate. Now, the category is food and dining travel. Did I get it right? Yeah, dining and travel, I believe. Dining and and travel. And what you submitted were your travel logs from From what experiences last year. year. So, yeah. So, it
2: it was a collection of three. So, it was the New Orleans Food Diary, which started the the entire series off. Uh, And then it was Portland and Chicago. Uh, Oh, three, three, Yeah. So this did not kicking it out. Three of my favorites. (laughs) This did not include the Toronto one, uh, although that one has a you know a special place in my heart. Um, But yeah.
1: Well, that 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 will be for 2019. (laughs) uh, In the extremely unlikely event that you don't win for the 2018 year. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I'm. I'm honestly just like. (laughs) So incredibly
2: honored just to be nominated. So this is, I know you're trying to do crazy. the humble
1: guy thing. I I won't put you on the spot any further. All we'll say is congratulations. Don't forget us little people as you keep climbing up the food ladder here. The, I mean, just promise you'll come on at least you know once in a while with us. Hey man, this is basically part of my contract. I'm I'm here. I'm here
2: as 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 many times as you want me to be. <laughs>
1: Boom. <laughs> there we go. I don't know who wrote that contract, but I want to give that person. Uh, a kiss on the forehead. I, I hopefully it was Bill Simmons.
2: <laughs> he was actually in the office today earlier. Walks in and just starts like slapping me on the shoulder, slapping me on the arms. It's like his way of saying congratulations. And I'm just like, man, we we couldn't just have had like a normal handshake or a
1: hug. Or he, <laughs> was, like, he couldn't adapt you up. You know, <laughs> this is the thing, Danny. This is what happens when we get old. We we. We, we we just resort to our old conventions it, you know the old the old buddy slap around that's a thing from the 80s you need to watch some of those 80s movies the buddy slap around but yeah he could adapt you up that would have been fine too
2: i i mean i totally appreciated it but it was
1: just like oh okay yeah i i guess i'm totally all getting right. this now yep all right well i mean with with no extra pressure no added pressure as a as a James Beard Foundation nominee um, let's talk about what you've been eating the last couple weeks. Well, uh, let's think about this. I
2: mean, I on Friday I treated myself to a sushi dinner uh, in the San Fernando Valley at a beautiful newish spot called Sushi Note. Uh, this isn't the best thing I sushi ate uh, all week, but uh, just wanted to note that you know I, I I did consider you know the 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 accolade enough that. I, you know, I went and treated myself. Um, Good. I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. And so today's Monday. So I actually uh, went to a kind of outdoor weekly uh, food event called Smorgasburg. Uh, If you're in New York, you may be familiar. If you're from L.A., you may be familiar as well. Uh, Recently, the Smorgasburg in L.A. um, this year has had a stall that is dedicated to burgers and every week they bring in a new chef in the area, a new, you know, burger pop up every week that, you know, allows these chefs to kind of experiment, do something different. And yesterday they brought in one of my favorite burger places in LA. It's called the golden state. Um, Their actual restaurant is in Fairfax, uh, but they also have a location in little Tokyo and they've, I think they're celebrating their 10 year anniversary this year. So one of the OGs of of like you know the kind of gussied up LA burger, um, and yesterday they were doing something pretty interesting. So they were doing their version of a juicy Lucy, uh, which is mm. a Minnesota, you know Minneapolis, um, regional specialty. It's a cheese stuffed burger. It's it's cheese um, between you know two uh, patties that are kind of like molded together so that, you know, the cheese kind of oozes out once it, uh, once you take a bite of it. And, uh, yeah, it It, was, it was pretty great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It can, it can be depending on the consistency of the meat and, uh, the density of the cheese. I mean, it can get explosive, the juicy Lucy. Yeah. The combination of like whatever temperature you've ordered it to, if the meat's holding in those juices and you take the right bite at the right place. You can have cheese and juice and, and all over your face, perhaps in your lap. I think that's the right way to enjoy the Juicy Lucy, honestly. Yeah, I, I mean, I've had some
2: pretty dangerous experience with, experiences with molten cheese in the past. Um, yes. And I've thankfully never had like cheese just kind of explode in my mouth to the point where like my mouth was on fire. Uh, well, right. We yeah. don't
1: want it to be on fire, but we like the flavor explosion. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I, I just think that the sensation and the actual like consistency of the cheese. Um, you know, a, a lot of places where you go and get a cheeseburger, if you're getting you know an American cheese slice, then you're getting kind of that perfect uniform melt. If you're doing you know cheddar or whatever else, it it, it kind of gets a little you know oily and it doesn't really melt like consistently. When it's inside a patty and when it's just like kind of molten and holding all of that residual heat, it kind of melts a little bit easier and you can kind of be a little bit more creative in, in terms of the cheeses that you use. Um, one thing that was really interesting about this is they their stall, their burger stall was right next to Ugly Drum, which I have said multiple times is the best pastrami in America. And it's only mm. sold on Sundays at Smorgasburg. And so you can only really get it there. Uh, it's so
1: the, I'm, I want to stop you for one second. Yeah. Well, let's tell all the taste buds out there, what is Smorgasburg? What's the concept and how do they do it?
2: Yeah, so Smorgasburg is basically just an outdoor food and shopping. It, it, I mean, it has the feel of like a swap meet. Uh, there are just a bunch of yeah. different outdoor stalls where you can go up and, you know, purchase your food. It's not like a fest- food festival in the sense that oh, you're paying up front and then you can kind of just get samplers or whatever. It's free of charge. You go in and then you basically just walk up to a stall whichever one you want to, you know, experience the food of and, you know, you hand them your money and they hand you the food and it's, you know, a done deal. Um so it, it's it's a nice and and smorgasburg they're they're very good about kind of um coming up with weekly themes and, you know, different guests, different, different themes come up and, and it makes it a, a worthwhile experience to continue coming back. So it's not like, oh, you go once, you've tried them all. Uh, it's so, always so it's constantly a curated rotating. experience oh, yeah.
1: with a, with a different kind of theme and, and, and variety of, of food profiles and food vendors and including restaurant tours.
2: Yeah, yeah, you can get a burger there, you can get, you know, Puerto Rican food, you can get oysters, you can get, you know, uh Hawaiian style, you know, uh shrimp, grilled shrimp. Um there's really no limit to the types of different cuisines that you can experience at Smorgasburg. Um there's beer there, you know, it's 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 a good time.
1: So I interrupted you just to kind of set the stage because I have a feeling of where this is headed. You talked about the ugly drum pastrami being physically proximate to the, what's the place called? Golden Golden State. Golden State Burger Stand. Yeah. And And let me not steal the thunder here. Please take (laughs) us down this path.
2: Yeah, uh, just yeah. So, just some background on Ugly Drum. It's uh, it's started by this guy named Eric Black, who is actually part of the kind of Golden State family. They're uh, they're kind of a family uh, restaurant group. Um, he actually works as a bookkeeper for one of the barbecue joints that they they run and operate. He didn't actually want to like mm. work the pits, but he's like, I want to make sure your money's all right. Uh, but he comes from a fine dining background and he's just really smart about, you know, what he does. And his his pastrami is so good because it's kind of like this interesting hybrid of like a traditional pastrami and also Central Texas brisket, like Central Texas barbecue brisket. And so you get like oh this God. just incredible, incredible pastrami. And you know exactly where this is headed. Uh, you You were able to get a slice of that pastrami on the Juicy Lucy and it was just like... It, I, look, it's it's beef on beef. It's you know smoked beef on griddled beef. It's umami. It's salty. It's it, it was it was it was heaven.
1: I don't, What was the cheese inside this burger? Oh man,
2: that's a good question. I actually don't know, but it was just like it was oozing out as I was getting the burger, and I actually. Oh, like, so you
1: know what? But- yeah, the fact that you can't like let let's remind everybody how sophisticated your, your your palate is i mean you have given us the 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 scientific underpinnings of uh you know the the heat in a in a uh in a hot nashville chicken sandwich like danny chow can can tell you he can we could do a blindfold taste test of spices and he can he can nail you know 80 percent of them the fact that it wasn't an identifiable cheese to me is telling and it also to me helps sell the overall composition of this burger it it sounds like it was a neutral cheese maybe like just regular american cheese yeah it, it honestly might have
2: been uh i think it was
1: it's a burger that had just
2: a lot of pickles and there were like also um mm. jalapenos on the bottom side of the burger as well so oh. it it almost tasted like um When you bit into it, it almost tasted like queso, like, you know, a a Texas, like a Tex-Mex queso. Um, And so that might have been the vibe that they were going for. Um, But you know what? Also, like, I bring up all those facts to impress you, House. Like, it's not like I'm just like, (laughs) you know, going Uh, going around, you know, doing like parlor tricks where I'm like, oh, hey, I, I have such a sophisticated palate. No, sometimes I just want
1: a burger. And sometimes, uh, well, how when about a, this mission burger... accomplished? <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I, I am impressed. Here, here's the thing I'm interested in: Could you fit this thing in your mouth, the whole thing? Oh no, no, it it was actually yeah, a pretty okay.
2: thick patty. Yeah, um, and there was so because
1: that means, like, for you to get, uh, for one to get the experience of all those ingredients that you just described, you have to compose the bites, kind
2: of. Yeah. Yeah and and you know the the piece of pastrami was kind of hiding in there so it, it took a, a few nibbles to get to get to it it's kind of like a tootsie pop you know you had to oh you know.
1: yeah couple bites before you get well, to it well it's the, a double tootsie because already the a, a normal tootsie pop would be the cheese right. that's uh, that's hiding in that burger but you had another hidden ingredient another luscious hidden ingredient in there I don't, what's a double tootsie I mean, I don't, I don't know if such a thing exists. I don't know what to liken it I to. I mean, to be honest, like Tootsie t- Pops are kind of gross. A double stuff, no, it's not even a double stuff Oreo. It would have to be an Oreo with two different flavor profiles. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not even really that hidden, but I, I just can't get an, enough of this. Any condiments? Did they apply any condiments? Obviously you didn't apply a condiment.
2: Yeah. I think, I th- I mean, I think it was just a very basic like ketchup and mustard uh, mixture on top. They, they really kept it simple. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's I mean, the, you you could get away, it sounds like there's enough flavor in the thing that you don't really even need that that smattering of, of the ketchup or the smattering of the mustard.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, it it was basically a, a perfect composition in that, you know, you had the kind of, you know, the beefiness from the patty, the cheese almost working as a sauce in itself because of its, you know, textural yeah. uh composition. Uh and then just a a bunch of pickles and so you get that little acidity to, to kind of cut through the richness um, yeah it, it was just a really satisfying burger did you, were there fries involved nope no fries Although, what about a coke what was the drink uh, I was having a michelada actually <laughs> oh
1: sure yeah well you're at, you're it, that, that's not available at every single uh, experience it's definitely available at the Smorgasburg though right so you maybe. can kind Michelotto of combine all and the yeah. spicy burger absolutely Oh man, that's that's that is the best thing. Now, is there a picture of this on on uh, oh, of the oh at King Danny, Danny King Chow? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At Danny King Chow, the Instagram account. When when the picture? When did you put the picture up? I put it up yesterday. I put it up
2: like probably the night of. Didn't do yeah. it quite immediately, but yeah,
1: that was okay. Yeah. So hungry, homies! You want to get a gander at this thing? At Danny King Chow, get on there. I'm about to do it as soon as we hang up. There we go. Danny Chow, uh, congrats again on the James Beard. Now, w- when, when will we hear the results? Uh, the results, I believe, are
2: happening in New York at some sort of media dinner party on April 26th. So I will be in New York uh, that week. Hopefully. Awesome enjoying some New York food because I, I haven't been back in a while. It's been probably like oh. three years now, two and a half years now. so holy.
1: Wow. I, I was just gonna invite myself because you know that's one of my very very favorite things in the world to do <laughs> is invite myself when I can go see friends and 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 do uh, joint eatings with them. I'm afraid that I might be on the west coast that week. Wow. Um, back for some more uh, LA food wanderings. But we'll we'll hook you up. You you have your own connections in New York, and now as a James Beard Foundation food nominee, you don't need any hookups from me. But you know, you you've met Rappo. You and Rappo need to go around and check a couple things out. Rappo knows some 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 tricks in New York. Absolutely, would love to. Our our boy Adam Report, Bon Appetit magazine. There we go. Danny Chow, thank you as always. That was a delicious best thing I ate this week. Uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Very soon. Taste buds, quick break before we get to this month's food news. Are you looking for a high protein snack that is low in carbs? Check out Just the Cheese, made by a family owned cheese company in Wisconsin. Where else do you want your cheese to come from? Just the Cheese launched last year and is already a top 100 grocery product on Amazon as well as Amazon's choice keto snacks. If you're one of those keto snack, uh, keto dieters... Uh, this is the, the snack for you. The idea came from a bunch of cheese heads. I mean, duhs from Wisconsin. They were eating grilled cheese sandwiches and felt that the best parts were the crunchy pieces that had melted off in the pan. I think these cheese heads are onto something. They decided to create a snack made from 100% baked Wisconsin cheese. Each pack contains two bars, eight grams of protein. That's a lot of protein and less than one gram of carbs, plus they're sugar-free, gluten-free, and shelf-stable. It's the perfect grab-and-go snack for your laptop bag, your gym bag, or perhaps your podcast portable equi- equipment. Nephew Kyle has had uh, a hundred of these things. Let's tell the taste buds about your experience with them, Neff. I mean, it's incredible that it's just the cheese. I mean, I, I was looking for something else that could, you know, turn me off to having more and more. But it's just the cheese. And honestly, you don't have to feel bad about scraping the uh, crusty cheese out of the pan. You could just open a little fresh bag. and It's the best parts right in the mouth, huh? Right there. That's what we're saying. Hop on Amazon or JustTheCheese.com and use the promo code CARBS10OFF and get 10% off. That's promo code carbs Ten off. C A R B S. One zero O F F for ten percent off. Do it today. Today's show also brought to us by Parched Pals by our good friends at Bud Light. Bud Light is keeping it real by putting an ingredients label on their packaging. Brewed with hops, barley, water, and rice. Those are the ingredients. No corn syrup. No preservatives, no artificial flavors. You know who else is keeping it real? Uh, Nephew Kyle, let me tell you. You know who's keeping it real? All of the good people down in uh, Mayacoba, Mexico, with uh, Bud Lights on demand, ready to go along with a glorious giant vat. Vat is the wrong word, but a beautiful cauldron of the freshest guacamole you could ever imagine. Bud Light and guacamole, they were made for each other. Cheers to Bud Light. We are reminding you to enjoy responsibly and keep it real. And now, hungry homies, it is time for Food News. Yo, Juliet!
0: Hey, 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 what's up?
1: You know, I have to to confess... I like what we're doing in the way of taking the very best stories from a month and doing them all at once and 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 really breaking down uh the best things that have happened in food news but on the other hand I I miss speaking with you every week.
0: I miss you too man. It's usually a very nice check-in that we have. It's been too long.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's been too long. That that that's all. I just wanted to let you know.
0: Yeah. Well, it's so lovely. It's great always great to hear from you.
1: Have you eaten anything delicious in this last month?
0: Oh, wow. There's a new restaurant here in Los Angeles. New-ish. Not that new. Called All Time. It's on Hillhurst Avenue in Los Feliz. And it is so, so delicious. They have brunch and they have dinner. You can make a reservation for dinner, but not for brunch. And I highly recommend it. Here are some of the great things on the menu right now. A twice-baked potato, which is a hit. Many people I know. This incredible... That's an East Coast thing. Yes. And the East Coasters of Los Feliz love it. <laughs> um Yeah. There is an amazing lamb cavatelli ragu. I just love a ragu. Oh, God. There's yeah. an amazing bright salad at the beginning of a the meal. There's an incredible focaccia. It's so good. And that's all dinner. I didn't even tell you, but just the cheesy eggs on toast for brunch. So I, I've had like three meals there since we last spoke, and it's really good. My, it's probably my favorite restaurant of the moment.
1: So it sounds like a little bit of an Italian leaning with the cavatelli uh
0: italian leading and of the- food to table kind of thing
1: okay great great terrific yeah it's a, it's, it's always we, we always welcome new entrants into the la food scene
0: we really do all time check it out it's so delicious um and additionally i've been really getting into the ben and jerry's Muforia flavors and let me tell you love ben and jerry's light ice cream
1: what is the what what are you talking about? What's muforia? They
0: have like a few flavors that are like light ice cream. It's like 160 calories or less per serving. And I just like have been exploring them and they're really good. They have like three or four different ones. Like there's a chocolate one with peanut butter chunks. There's one with there's a chocolate one with cookie chunks. I just love it's it's really good. It's like some of the best light ice cream out there.
1: I don't want anybody to uh argue that i need to turn in my uh my food card my food expert card because i was unaware of this new entrant by ben and jerry's into the light ice cream uh category but i didn't really know that they they were going in that direction i thought i saw that they tried to do some different like uh almond milk or that kind of thing so I this think is they their, their version of like the Halo Top kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah,
0: and I don't like Halo Top. I just think it's vastly, vastly overrated. Me either. Overrated. I don't
1: like Halo Top. No offense, Halo Top. I don't like it. It doesn't
0: freeze. It doesn't freeze well. It doesn't sit for... You kind of have to eat it. It's like funny. They advertise it's like low calorie, but it's only good if you really have like the entire pint in one sitting. It doesn't freeze well and stay well in the freezer. Um, well, it
1: doesn't taste like ice cream. Yeah. It, it, you can call it like um, a cold uh, dessert product, but don't try and pretend that that's ice cream.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And so... I like the Ben & Jerry's one because it's like just it's made lighter. It's like not with cream; it's with milk. That's the enlightened ice cream is also good because it's with lighter milk. It's not with full fat milk, but it's not fake. You know, that's that's the secret to okay. to the light ice cream in the freezer. And I've been I've been dabbling a lot as I've been enjoying and avoiding whole milk. So I hear you. That's what I I'm up to.
1: Good times. Thanks. Those are those are two winners. Thank
0: you. Yeah, I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> are you ready for some food news?
1: I can't wait. March felt like a good food month. It a good did. food news month.
0: It did. You know, right now you I, I hope I'm not blowing up your spot. You were just in Mexico, I presume for spring break. And I've got a spring break story for you.
1: <laughs> this-, this is perfect. I was not you're not blowing up my spot. I was in Mexico. I I uh I chose to drink Palomas instead of margaritas.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: Tequila and grapefruit. That was my vibe.
0: Yes, I love I love that. You know where they have a great Paloma is at our dear friend Dave Chang's uh, majordomo restaurant. They've got a really good one there. Oh, I don't think I knew that. I believe that's where I had that really good one. Anyway, this is from okay. uh, WKRG News in Florida. All caps, spring break fact. You can't hide vodka in sunscreen bottles. The Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office took to social media Wednesday, I believe that last Wednesday, showing a new trend for underage drinkers at the beaches. They are finding alcohol in sunscreen bottles. The Facebook post read, hiding vodka in a sunscreen bottle only works if you don't let a WC drink out of it. Plus, you can still taste the sunscreen. Alcohol is permitted on the beaches but must be without glass. There is a no-tolerance policy for underage drinking. So then if you go to this this uh this page, you'll see two, two supposed bottles of sunscreen that I guess actually had vodka in them. So yes, that is correct. You should not be, I think we actually may have covered this. You should not be putting your vodka into a sunscreen bottle, but some places sell a fake sunscreen bottle. That's actually for vodka. So I'm not sure if this news channel was in on the joke.
1: Yeah. How about this counterpoint? You can hide <laughs> vodka in sunscreen bottles. First of all, don't use actual sunscreen bottles right. that actually contain sunscreen, as you just observed, Juliet. The internet—it's a wonderful thing. There are many, many, many options in terms of finding uh, sunscreen bottles that 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 bear all the markings on the outside and are perfectly sanitary on the outside, inside, ready to receive your beautiful liquor of choice, including vodka. Secondly. Why would you why would anyone take that thing and then drink out of that? It is merely a vessel. If you intend to drink on the beach, don't be an animal. Get a yeah. cup. Get a cup and people. Pour that thing into your cup <laughs> and then add your mixer of choice and enjoy it that way. That also ensures that you're not calling any attention to yourself where a, a lurking deputy might observe you drinking out of something that's not normally a drinking vessel. This sounds like a story geared towards high school morons.
0: Totally, I completely agree. Also, it's like kids. It's not a flask. It's just like a trans. It's a transport device. Take it out of the bottle. Don't drink it from the bottle.
1: Yeah, this is this. So this is a public service announcement from House of Carbs to underage drinkers. Now we've had our our exchanges <laughs> with this community, and it's mainly like inventive college kids who have come up with, with glorious ways of, of disguising their liquor of choice and getting it into venues that, that otherwise prohibit it. This, this thing, uh, you know, leave it to Florida to be two years behind the trend and, and act like, you know, there's, there's some kind of new news here. This is old news.
0: Classic Florida, old news, classic Florida, (laughs) classic Florida. Okay. Moving on to a story from fast company. They say, "Don't cry," but milk sales plummeted by 1.1 billion dollars last year. The Dairy Farmers of America announced that traditional milk sales plummeted by 1.1 billion in 2018. Last year's net sales totaled 13.6 billion, compared to 14.7 billion in 2017. It's because of milk alternatives, nut, soy, oat, rice, etc. The cooperative's president and chief executive officer, Rick Smith, noted that it had been a challenging year for the American dairy farmer community. While the organization partially blames low milk prices, industry insiders point to another culprit, Incre- increased consumer interest in plant-based substitutes. The market for plant-based foods and beverages has grown at a dizzying pace. The global dairy alternatives market size was estimated at $11.9 billion in 2017. and Analysts believe the market will exceed $34 billion by 2024. Returns on soy, rice, and almond milk are roughly 6% higher than those on traditional milk products. The booming sector inspired a host of food startups capitalizing on the consumer's desire for healthier, eco-friendly purchases. Nut milk maker Califia Farms, for example, secured over $115 million in funding and plans to build out its plant-based product lines. Then there's Oatly, the beloved oat milk brand that couldn't keep up with public demand. And then Whole Foods recently launched Make Your Own Almond Milk in select locations. It's a whole new milk world. That's pretty wild. Those are staggering numbers.
1: Yeah. Um, and in some respects, this is now I I don't want to go in a political direction, but there's a there's a you know, a true moment occurring here where the American public is voting with its stomach and with its uh uh with its bellies as it as it were, with you know, motivated by both the healthful, uh, aspect of it, as well as clearly the eco-friendly component. Although you wonder, I wonder, I, I will wonder out loud if it will be provable that the effects on the environment are less, um, destru- destructive is overstating it, but you know, less impactful uh if you consume any if any of these milks sort of took the to the 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 lead in terms of like sustainability catching on yeah at, at a at a at a high enough level cuz like people not drinking cow's milk feels like mostly a a health driven choice cuz cows are still going to be bred for the purposes of 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 meat um it's not like a milk cow uh doesn't end up being used for other purposes if if it's milk isn't the primary right uh you know offshoot of its product right
0: sure yes of course but cows will still be around i just want to say i'm very firmly still a dairy per- dairy milk person i like there's no there's no comparison for me i like soy milk in a latte sometimes but milk is delicious
1: yeah milk in the in in um in the the way that people have come to enjoy it still remains the number one lead item like yeah. uh i don't i don't want almond milk butter i want butter i don't want uh you know the the i'm not being articulate the way i'd like to Juliet. about this all of the the alternative products that feature other forms of milk-like substances can be fine in their own stead but still the milk-based things that we like, and uh, I for me it's mainly in the form of products. It's mainly in the form of cheese and ice cream and butter. That's that's where it's important to me to have those things uh available. Um the alternatives, the the plant-based alternatives of those are fine in their own way. They're just not as good as the milk-based version.
0: Yeah. I I, I agree with you. Also, have you ever had oat milk? There's like pieces in it. There's like oats.
1: I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't, like, I don't
0: it. like it either. I was shocked that no one had told me about that when I had my first oat milk latte. I was like, what's in here? And then it was from the oat milk.
1: No, no. No, thank you. Yeah,
0: I agree. I know you don't want to get political, but I just want to share one tweet with you from earlier today. Can I read it?
1: Please, please, please.
0: It's from at AOC. Croissants at LaGuardia are going for $7 a piece. And then she got kind of political about Not She got quite political about the... uh the minimum wage but I just good point $7 is too much for a croissant
1: well that's that's true but it's at the airport so also at a fancy bakery all,
0: a croissant could yeah. be like five bucks it's not that high right. a markup
1: that's what I'm saying like if you are in a position where your life requires you to eat on the go then you have to be prepared to pay the on-the-go price That's not a knock on AOC Uh, croissants. Ought not to be seven bucks, but I don't know what all's involved. If it's if it was uh, composed at a bakery where they would sell it for five bucks, and then it has to be transported out to LaGuardia, and it's a you know it's the same equivalent level uh croissant quality wise is what you might get at one of those fancy new york bakeries then it doesn't sound all that outrageous to
0: me i c- i kind of agree with you also as a person who now brings food with her to the airport like all the time because i'm cheap you could bring in a croissant without yeah. any problem that wouldn't be an issue so if you really Word. if you really that's need a croissant point. get a cheaper one before you get to the airport
1: that's right the uh, all of us live busy lives all of us are <laughs> stuck sometimes paying more for something than we would prefer because our lives, you know, require us to be going from point to, point to point to point to point to point, and building in a food plan. In association with that, doesn't always work. So sometimes you have to overpay for what's available in the place that you're at.
0: Totally. Just go to your go to your local hot and crusty and grab grab a croissant. Okay. Next, this is from the New York Post. The DoorDash delivery man caught on camera sneaking a sip of a teen's milkshake. <laughs>
1: Uh, Son of a bitch. Oh my goodness.
0: A DoorDash delivery <laughs> this driver. This is my
1: single worst nightmare, Juliet. Read, <laughs> tell the
0: story. A DoorDash delivery driver was caught on a doorbell camera sucking out the sweet treat he was about to deliver to. Rashab Malhotra's home in Stockton, California. That's Northern California. Rashab, 14, says he enjoyed that cookies and cream milkshake, milkshake until the next day when he found out he wasn't the only one who took pleasure in his Cold Stone Creamery order. My dad told me to check out the video from last night, and once I checked it out, I watched five or six times. I felt really disgusted about what had happened. The, yes, the family didn't discover the dirty deed until it was too late. I looked at it and thought, hey, the guy who delivered the food was sipping out of my son's Cold Stone. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. I mean, how can someone jeopardize a product like that, especially the food? The Malhotra say they're glad no one got sick from the incident, but the experience definitely left them a bad taste in their mouths when it comes to food delivery services. Uh, They said they expect an apology from DoorDash. DoorDash responded, we sincerely regret that this incident fell short of the experience we strive to give our customers every day. We reached out to this customer immediately after being notified of this event three weeks ago. We have taken... Uh, we've since taken appropriate actions, including deactivating the Dasher from our platform for failing to follow and maintain our standards of food safety. Woo, tough. That's gross. But I also feel bad for this guy, There's the, the, the delivery man. I feel bad. I just do. The sipper? Yeah. Why do you feel
1: bad for him? He lost his
0: job. I don't know. How, how, well, I know. Do well, I know he gets the other one? You don't
1: get to sample the food. Your job is to deliver the food in, in the in the condition in which it was intended by the restaurant. Without impeaching any of us, you can't breach the sanctity of that food item by by opening. I don't even want you to open the container. If you if you accidentally bump the container and it opens, I'm already disappointed by this. I don't want. I all I want to imagine when my food uh, when I order food and it's delivered and I as has been established am an avid consumer of delivery food. I want the restaurant to put the stuff into containers and honestly i like it the best when the restaurant takes all the containers and stacks them and then wraps them up in a plastic bag and then ties the bag at the top an unimpeachable unbreachable <laughs> uh container mechanism because i don't i cannot tolerate the risk that any dirty birdie or driver gets anywhere near The delicious food that i'm about to consume it really violates it's it's a core principle for me this is what separates us from the animals
0: i i understand what you're saying and you're not wrong but i don't know i just feel bad for this guy he lost his job i don't know if he's gonna get another one He, He might have a family who's super embarrassed now it just makes me feel bad i don't know anything and I agree, what he did was wrong. But I just feel bad for him. Maybe he just had like no impulse control, or I don't know. Maybe he like I, I don't know the answer, house, but I just feel bad.
1: I can't be sympathetic or empathetic. <laughs> the single most disgusting sharing of a food thing, uh, you know, without approval is a straw. There's, there's no. It's the most intimate form of of food stealing that the by by that mechanism. Mouth to mouth, you can't you can't talk me into any scenario in in under which I'm gonna end up mouth to mouth with a food delivery person. Juliet. Honestly,
0: I find sharing soup more disgusting than sharing a straw. How can that be? I just find something about like the like way that you put a soup spoon into your mouth and then back into the soup, back and forth. Like I find that way grosser. Similar to sharing ice cream. I don't know. I, something about this the the mechanism of the soup is much more disgusting to me.
1: Well, that the, the I understand extending. that or, that aversion is fine, but you would only share soup with somebody that you know and trust, and you have some yeah. sense as to that person's hygiene, yeah. how they live their lives. The same would be true of of that ice cream, and you know the the normal way that we would share in a dish like that would be you have your spoon and I have my spoon. Now, in a pinch, it has been the case. Have I eaten from Bill Simmons' spoon before? Yes, I have.
0: Oh, I bet he was. I know where that. his
1: mouth has been. I'm willing to live with the risk, okay? Yeah. But this guy, he hijacked the straw. He's a straw jacker. And I I mean, I would have preferred that he kept the whole milkshake, then deliver the milkshake and say, oops, I messed up. Uh, The store didn't deliver the milkshake. Just steal the milkshake at that point.
0: I guess. I don't know. I can't
1: tell you how outraged I am by this.
0: (laughs) I know. And for some reason, I I can't. I I just, for some reason, I'm just sad for this man. I just feel like local news really like exploits someone who messes up one time. That if this isn't a small mess up though, you're right. Okay, you're right.
1: You can't compromise the integrity of a milkshake, especially Colstone Creamery is delicious. That is, it is awesome delicious ice cream. It is delicious. And think about that teenager and that milkshake that that he or she was anticipating was it a he teenager or a she teenager? It was a he. A he. Think about as. Have to replace the order, and his, the anticipation building of that delicious cold stone creamery. Now that 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 one is real ice cream with real milk, real milk fat coming to you live in, in a in a healthy dose of cookies and and cream extravagance. And he enjoyed every bite of it until he he saw the video the next day and saw that that his mouth was in the same place as, as this other person's <laughs> mouth.
0: I think what we really should be talking about is the ring doorbell camera, which is what I assume this was.
1: (laughs) This, this, by the way, good plug. I mean, if, if uh, they, they want to, um,
0: I have one
1: on on, a house of car. Oh, you have one. I do
0: have one. I feel conflicted about it because I feel like I'm part of the police state, but on the other hand, I love it. It's like, (laughs) it's really useful when I'm not home and it just adds a level of security and then you can bust your delivery guy. The thing about this is why didn't he do in the car? Why did he wait until the last moment when he was at the door?
1: This again, this doesn't speak well of this person's judgment, which makes me wonder. It may it really adds to the violation of this whole thing. He he's a person with terrible judgment who put his mouth on a straw, you my know, straw.
0: The other thing about it is with a with a, um a milkshake, it's very obvious when something has gone up through the straw. Like there's visual signs. Like he just you're right. He didn't. He bad judgment. I'm getting now. I'm getting oh. mad at him for making oh. a series of bad choices. <laughs>
1: series of bad the worst choices he deserves to not have a job having anything to do with food he doesn't respect food integrity
0: (laughs) okay house I have one more story hit me this is also from the New York Post a snacking stickler suing TGI Fridays claiming the restaurant's chain of potato skin snacks bags of which are sold in stores and vending machines across the country aren't actually potato skins at all just a mishmash of potato flakes or potato starch Solange Troncoso of the Bronx brought the Manhattan federal court suit, stating she purchased a bag of TGI Friday sour cream and onion potato skins from a Bronx bodega for $1.99, but claims that she wouldn't have done so had she known the product didn't contain real potato skins. The presence of potato skins imparts a further value in the eyes of reasonable consumers— the complaint states, and she adds uh, that she alleges the company is trying to cash in on the fact that most snackers see potato skins, which TGI Friday offers as an appetizer in its actual eateries, as a nutritious option compared to standard convenience store fare. I mean, I just can't. This what? Is, this is ridiculous. This
1: is these stories are getting dumber and drum and dumber. There must be like some version of like the plaintiff's uh, legal bar. Where they're fi- trying to find this false claim kind of stuff. They're advancing this idea that there is... I'm not sure what the the underlying legal underpinnings are for whatever the theory is about deceiving consumers. But what dumbass buys a bag of effing potato skin, uh, a bag of potato chips that, that happen to call themselves skins on the front and thinks that they're getting the potato skins?
0: I don't you have know. to be
1: a grade-A dumbass to make that mistake.
0: <laughs> and also... Regular potato skins are not like healthy, so like no matter what, you weren't having a healthy food. How about this?
1: Regular potato skins are served hot and chunky and lumpy, and there's no scenario under which a effing potato skin could be stuck into a bag and 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 made available in a convenience store. You are the dumbass who, who who made the mistake. How could you possibly think that you were getting anything but? Uh, a 100 million mile away facsimile of a potato skin How, what do you think a potato chip is
0: <laughs> i don't know it's a great question and all the additives i mean if you're or in the preser- pres- preservatives you're if you're buying something from a vending machine it's not good it's not healthy it's it's
1: sour cream and onion potato skins in a bag that's a bag of, pot- of sour cream and onion potato chips
0: and man does it so sound just good so go ahead and-
1: and it's a, for $1.99, by the way, which also confirms to you that there's nothing about a traditional potato skin that you should expect to get out of that bag.
0: I completely agree. I completely agree. House, that's all I got for you. I think it was pretty good, though.
1: <laughs> the, they were good. We we ended up with outrage stories today, Julia. they
0: are full of outrage. They're part of the outrage culture of the we internet. Need-
1: <laughs> in April we're going to look for some feel-good stories yeah. maybe there'll be some great stories from uh, Augusta about the pimento cheese sandwiches are you going I'm not going this year
0: damn okay well I just have to hear legends I know. then
1: Well, I think you know our, our mutual pal Chris Chen is going maybe we can get Chen to give us some oh input. great maybe oh, Chen perfect. could tell us about the best thing he, he ate uh that week
0: yeah that'd be great
1: yeah we like Chris Chen
0: talk to you next month house Appreciate
1: you, Juliet. Talk to you next month. Eat eat more good food. Let's talk about it. There we go, my taste buds. Another beautiful edition of House of Carbs in the books. As always, we encourage you, we beg you, we implore you. Hit us with your food experiences on the Instagram. You can hit us at the House of Carbs. We want more belly sourcing. We promise to give out beautiful uh, accolades if you hit us with something that's luscious. Lots of likes coming out of us for sure. Until next week, my hungry homies, let's stay hungry out there.